<laughs> Quick disclaimer, while we do work at one of America's largest retailers and will allude to it throughout the show, the opinions expressed are purely our own and do not reflect the views or positions of our employer. Welcome everybody to episode 49 of the Phone Buzz podcast, recorded August 13th of 2020. We've got a great show for this week. Apple pulls a Gandalf on Microsoft and Fortnite, the Pixel 4a gets some mixed reviews, and Evan shows his blouse in public. My name is Evan Krause. I'm joined by Zach Whitney. How's it going? How you doing, buddy? I mean, hell with technical difficulties, but we're getting there. <laughs> That's right. We made it. And uh, Christian Crawford. Ayo. How you doing, boo? Doing good for the second time. Luckily, <laughs> we didn't get too far into the first recording uh, to where we had to figure out our problems. But we back. We at it. We here. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Um, the uh, <laughs> So let me explain the whole blouse thing. Uh, and you guys act like you've heard of this for the first time. So... <laughs> So I came by our my former place of work, their place of work, and I wanted to check out the Note 20 Ultra um, because I had pre-ordered it. If you haven't listened to last week, go listen to that. Um, so I wanted to kind of see it in person, get a feel for it in hand. And so Evan and I went on his break, went to go to the Petromart, as you do here in Missouri. Yeah. And then you and we were- get your friend's uh, drink also. We, uh, we're not going to talk about that. And, about then, that and then so we're checking out for all the drinks that we had, and then... This guy at the counter, you can tell it was probably his first day. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he's just super nice. Maybe maybe I'm being a dick. But um, he, Evan walks up because he was in front of me, and he's he's wearing his work name tag. And the guy looks down at Evan's name tag, looks back up, looks down at his name tag, does a double take, looks back up, and he says, why does your name tag say Evan the Blouse Krause? <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm just chilling behind him, cracking up because he has his dumb name tag on. But... That made my entire week. That probably made my entire month. It was so funny. You just kind of get over it and you don't. I just totally forgot he was wearing that. Like, I I forgot that was a thing that he wore. People literally ask me every single day, and it's to the point where I just don't even, I don't even explain it. It's just like, you know what? It's an inside joke. Take it for what what it is. He's always taking it. And then the, uh, the (laughs) (laughs) where's the law and order sound? (laughs) Um. And then the uh, the only other um, check-ins I had was two weeks ago we talked we had this uh, we had this challenge that we started on ourselves where we tried to switch our default search engine from Google to Yahoo, Bing, or DuckDuckGo. And Zach recommended we try DuckDuckGo because that's what he was using it for a week. And I have to say I've been using it for a while. It's it's been okay. Like it's not I haven't even noticed it, and that's ultimately the point. So DuckDuckGo gets my gets my bill of approval. It's, I hate uh, it's you. pretty sweet. I hate you so much. <laughs> All right, and this podcast is over. Thanks oh everyone for that. Yep. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I had is, uh, I know we talked about the Surface Duo a couple weeks ago, and we were we were t- covering some leaks that said it might cost nine ninety nine. Well, that is not true because Soik, as of today, let me let me make sure I got the number right here. It's like. Thirteen thirty or thirteen eighty or something, right? Yeah. So they, they press the flip. Yeah, thirteen ninety nine for last year's processor and the worst bezels you've seen in five years. That's all I'm gonna say about it. You do have all glass, Which, though. That's true. It's gonna be a lot more durable. Take that. You can pay money so it continues to work. Um. Anywho, what else? We, what else we got checking wise? Zach. So. Yeah, I mean, mine actually came today. Um, I had a lady that somebody else had sold her an open box iPad, and she was trying to get Apple Care on it. Uh, so 
I took over about like halfway through them trying to get Apple Care together, and because I was like, "Why are you guys on hold with Apple support?" I'm like, "You can just do it through the Apple support app." So we started doing that, and I typed in the serial <laughs> number a few times, and it just kept saying it wasn't a valid serial number. So I asked her if I could see in the receipt, and the guy who typed in the serial number because this was an open box iPad also. Um, mm. but he typed in the serial number wrong. So I was like, okay, like we're gonna have to return exchange it again and have the right serial number. So I did that. Then it said the iPad wasn't eligible for Apple care anymore. What? Yeah. So why we, um, we're getting there. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up calling Apple sport, gave in, got back on the phone, waited on hold, and we got somebody, and he seemed like he didn't know what he was doing, so he moved up, moved us up a tier. And then we got to another lady, and she's like, oh, yeah, like I can help you out with that. And then, um, So we explained the situation. We were like, hey, it was bought back in December. It was returned. Now we just bought it again today. And this is today of time of recording. Um, and so she's like, okay, uh, give me one second. So we got up to, like, the third tier, which was, like, the senior vice president of, like, Apple. Climbing through the tiers. Yeah, of Apple Care, something like that. And then he just gets very wishy-washy with us. He's like, hey, uh, can I get you guys to email oh, email over the receipt? So we did that. Then he was like, so it looks like it was satisfactory in grade. We can only add Apple Care to something that says excellent or excellent certified. Oh, God. So I was like... <laughs> I'm like, that's dumb, like, because usually that stuff's marked down just to move it. Like, it's been sitting there a while, so it drops the price point yeah. on it. And so he's like, I'll be more than happy to explain that. And I told him that. I'm like, yeah, it's just missing a charger. We were trying to move it. Um, like, there, it's flawless. It's in perfect condition. And uh, he's like, yeah, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. Then I called the manager over, and the manager was like, well, theoretically, let's say it was in excellent condition. Then... Could we add AppleCare? He's like, well, and this is the guy that's supposedly the senior vice president of all this. And he's like, well, uh, uh, probably not. And we're like, probably not or no. And he's like, (laughs) and he's like, well, no. He's like, well, why is that? And he's like, because it's been activated in the past in December. And so we went through this whole ordeal. And then I'll just find out that if you ever activate something and then turn it back in, it's never eligible for Apple Care again. So that means like any ah. pre-owned, any refurbished phone or like any Apple Watch has been previously like ever activated, according to this guy, says that it's no longer eligible for Apple Care. And it really just like threw the biggest loop in Apple of like how like that philosophy just sucks. Because like the iPad was like $475 for an, uh, the newest generation iPad Air, and it was a, a cellular one. And it's worthless now because you can't put Apple Care on it, and then the warranty ends in December, and it's just going to sit there. And that's just a limited warranty. So I don't want to say. Well, here's, here's the real fix is why don't you just buy an iPhone 11 Pro Max 512? Like, I don't see the problem. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but if you have if, if you ever have phone issues, just buy another one. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, buy a new phone. Yeah, and, it, and that was like the weird thing is like <laughs> it was yeah like she's like I'm starting school like I want it to last if something happens like I drop my backpack or something like that like it falls out of my backpack like I want it to be covered 
And this guy was pretty much like, oh, oh, well, sucks to suck. And, like, was not helpful at all. And it's been, like, the first time I've ever seen, like, bad customer service in Apple. But that was it. And, like, it was enough to make me almost realize, like, why am I giving them so much money for such terrible service? I just think it's hilarious that, like, I have never gone through the tears like that. And then I feel like in the last four weeks, we've, like, you guys have both had stories yeah. of going through Apple tier support. I, I've I've never, I guess, come across such an issue like that. But I don't know. You're lucky. Which is funny because this entire, like, <laughs> the next couple of stories that we're going to be talking about, if we get to the last one, are all about how Apple's being kind of a dick lately. <laughs> <laughs> well... So, we might have just made the title of this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Evan, what you what you got for check-ins? Or, uh, Zach, did you have more on that? Uh, one thing. Yeah. Nice. Clutch. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Well, uh, so I got back from vacation not that long ago. Real vacation or Ohio? <laughs> Real vacation. <laughs> got him. Fuck you. Um, anyways... I saved a kid from drowning. Yeah. What? So we were... Um, did you keep him? Were, were you, <laughs> did you keep him? I hate wait, you. wait, wait. Were you drowning him initially and then you just like let him up for air? I'm a yes, hero. I was waterboarding this kid. And then, uh, Am I a hero? I really can't say. No. But so yes. We were, um, we were kayaking and there was this... Uh, like a really big current um, that was that kind of pulled you into the side bank and there's this huge fallen tree and what it looked like from from what you could see above the water was two huge branches um, one that was like probably a few inches above the water and then one that went up um, and there was a point where it looked like this kid he thought he could go under this one really low branch and make it through the other side well, what had happened was... What had happened was... Well, you, you see, what had happened was... <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> um, there was a third branch right under it, like just like very, very, um, very close to the other one. And his kayak tipped over, and he got caught between the kayak and the branch upside oh. down underwater. Oh, shit. We and had a situation. I saw this, and I was like, oh, shit. And I paddled as hard as I could over to this kid, and... The only thing I could grab because I was in a, a kayak was his kayak. And so I ripped the kayak out from under the tree and the kid just flew through the other side. Just Jesus. like the current just took him out from the other side. And I pulled his kayak and it just like went downstream and we had to go get it. But like this kid had never been so close to death in his life. Like this kid was freaked out. Oh my God. And everyone was just like, oh my God, oh my God, you saved my kid. And I'm like, yeah. Did they buy you... No, just shots. No, oh. <laughs> that'll work. Yeah, hey, good enough. It worked for me. No, but it was damn it was pretty cool. That's crazy. Okay, new yeah. new title of the episode: Evan's a hero, Apple's a villain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's so good. Oh, oh my man. god, that's crazy that's, though. I know. Good for I, I don't even know what to say. Good for you. Good for that kid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it all worked out in the end. Jesus. It all worked out. That's all that matters. God, that's like one of my biggest fears is drowning. That'd be terrible. Like being stuck and drowning, yeah. that's terrifying. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Holy God. I mean, the the water wasn't rushing like super fast, but it was hard enough to where it kind of drug you over if you weren't know what you, you didn't know what you were doing and he, you could tell he hadn't been doing it very long. Um, so, Jesus. Yeah. Huh. What I feel like that should, have been, that should have been the first check-in. Yeah, we should have <laughs> let off of that. <laughs> Oh well, my hey, god! We finished with the strong one. All right, uh, Zach, do you want me to intro the the fake news, or you want to do it? Uh, I'd probably say you intro it because you got a better Trump voice than I do. 
I appreciate that. I, I work really hard on it. <laughs> All right. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. It's the phone buzz fake news. All right. So this one's a little bit different. This is going to be fun for you listeners out there. So what we do is we take a news story or a product or whatever we see and we change some of the details and then it's up to the other two to figure out what's fake news and what's real news. Although this week we have a special treat because our own Zachary Whitney, it's his fake news. That's true. Take it away, Zach. All right. So (laughs) this uh, article I found, it was from The Verge and um, it says the Boeing 747, which was first introduced in 1988, has recently been discovered to still be using floppy disk. That's right, floppy disk, by airlines for critical updates for their aircrafts. So, then it goes on and says the 3.4 inch floppy disk drives are updated to a database every 30 days, and an engineer produces new updates every 31 days. About one year ago, a cybersecurity professional discovered a buffer overflow exploit on board a 747 from British Airlines. During this, the professor was able to add text via the in-flight chat app and also had the ability to crash the entertainment system on board the aircraft. So this does pose a large security risk. However, there are a few plans to replace the legendary floppy disk because it is more reliable than the internet to perform updates on the aircraft. So floppy disks have been gone for generations, right? Wrong. The U.S. Defense Department just stopped using the 8-inch version of floppy disk for coordinating (laughs) the nuclear forces back in March. And the International Space Station is full of them and still running strong on this old technology. Oh, man. There's so much possible fake news here. I don't even know where to begin. Evan, why don't you why don't you lead the way as a as a seasoned fake news vet? This is this is my first time being on the receiving end of a fake news. If you haven't tuned into us before. Man, this is tough. It, I feel like the whole thing is fake. <laughs> <laughs> Just outright um, outright falsehood. Okay. I'm gonna say that the government uh, stopped using the eight inch floppy disk. No, that part's fake. Okay, you are correct. That is fake. Do you know what the scary oh, damn, thing is? Oh, damn, okay. Do you know what the scary thing? It's using a 12-inch floppy disk. No, it's using an 8-inch one, but it was October of last year, not March. So still very recently. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so that's, that's a slight, a slight mistruth. <laughs> damn, okay. Hey, we'll take everyone we get, baby. That's sketchy. Okay, so um, I, I'm going to say... I think this is true, but something about it seems wrong to me. So um, there are few because floppy disks are more reliable than the internet to perform updates on aircrafts. I feel like you're going to tell me that's that's real, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's fake. It's real. So damn, damn it. Um, right, yeah. So right now um, they to do software it, like software updates via like. Um, fiber and stuff like that using the internet has actually resulted in 346 deaths with the new uh with adding them into the new airplanes my god yeah what jesus yeah just because like they thought they updated well and then they didn't and the aircraft crashed oh damn well this took a turn this is one that we really need to have america's favorite dad denton nolson on because this is this he actually um i proofread one of his papers he's talking about how computer systems, like just a, a couple of wrong digits, can kill a bunch of people because of how planes work. So he would have some input there. But 
Okay. I um, feel like it wasn't on the British Airlines. It was. Dang it. Try <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay, let's see. I'd say I say the only thing other thing in here that might be fake is they probably don't need to update to the database <laughs> yep. every thirty days. Um, I would say it's maybe every ninety days. Okay. Um you're right that the information is wrong. Um, okay, okay. You went the wrong way though. Damn. Um, it's actually it's updated like to days. a database every 28 days. Mmm, huh. a little snicker snicker. Is there, that it? Huh. There's, a, there's a couple more things that are wrong. Oh, damn. Um, I'm going to say during this, the professor was able to add text via... So during this, the, the professor was able to add text via the in-flight chat app. Uh, I don't think that's a real thing. So the whole second bullet point is actually real. What? Yeah. What? what? So yeah. you're saying a cybersecurity professor discovered a buffer overflow exploit yeah. on board a 747. What? So also for oh. everybody out there that doesn't know what a buffer overflow exploit is, basically like, um, so like a floppy disk, for instance, might only have like um, six gigs of data to be able to put on it. And then if you're uploading eight gigs, that means six gigs are secured and then two gigs are vulnerable for anything. And that's what happened here. Um, basically everything like security wise, as far as like in flight issues and stuff like that was covered, but the flight chat app and the entertainment system were not covered. And he was, he didn't do it, but he would have been able to actually crash the whole system, entertainment system. And How everything. bored? How bored do you have to be on a flight to just discover that? So, actually, it was funny. He he was just curious of where the, like, what the USB technology was used for. And so he plugged in his computer and noticed that the buffer overflow exploit was there. And instead of, like, being a terrorist and doing something, he just took it and then, like, went to the airlines about it saying, like, hey, this is unsafe. Like, what if, like in-flight logistics could have been altered or something like that. It could have been a lot huh. different scenario. I come into work every day with a potato cannon loaded in my desk. <laughs> could you imagine if I was deranged? <laughs> All right, Dwight. <laughs> All right, Evan, I'll, I'll let you take a crack. At what do you think What do you think the last one here is? Because oh. I have no idea. You said there's, there's still one more, right, Zach? There's still two more. Jesus. What? God, okay. Okay, it's not... The nuclear forces part in the International Space Station. Correct. Those are both true. Let's let's go. Oh, nice, nice, nice. All right, cool. That was Wait, it. they're still running on floppy disk. They are still running on floppy disk on the ISS. Oh, I was okay. I was hoping you'd say that was false. No. Jesus. Okay. Was it was it the last one or do uh, I have one more? I mean, the two are still there. They're both in the first bullet point. You guys got the updated to database. Um, but there's two other things in there that are wrong. Uh, okay, maybe it's my age. I don't know what the actual sizes of floppy disks are. Is it a four inch, not a three point four inch? You you get it right, except that it's a three point five. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look at you! Look at you over here. Things? I feel like this is just payback for all the the shitty fake news I've had you guys go through. I'm gonna nail him on every point possible. Oh my god! All right, I give up. Um, I think Evan gives up too. Um, what's the What's the last one we're missing? The here? last one is when the engineers come back in. So it's actually oh, okay. they they're updated databases every twenty eight days, and the engineers come in every thirty. 
So there's like a two-day gap oh. in between the new updates and when they're uploaded to a database. That's comforting. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so what I've learned is uh, we shouldn't fly planes because not only are they communists, but they also use floppy disks. Correct. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then you Correct. probably learned that that was one of the hardest fake news you ever had. Yeah. God, that was... I, oh, Jesus. That was a good first one for Christian... Yeah, I uh, I didn't. I think I got like one or two things right, maybe. I well was done. also well really done. nervous because I found that from The Verge. I'm like, he saw this. There's no way he didn't see this. <laughs> it didn't strike his eye. He didn't read it. It's so usually with these um, news stories, I actually find them on on Twitter. Uh, so I don't I don't usually peruse through the website, but I like a lot of The Verge's reporting for like phones and reviews and stuff. Um, there's there's a few times that I'll actually go on the website. So you are lucky. I did I did not see this one. Let's go. But, <laughs> all right. Let's move on to, and we don't have any on this new new this week because the feature stories are just too good. There's a lot to talk about here. So let's just dig into it. So from Tech Radar, the Google Pixel 4a gives you the best of Google in an affordable, one-hand friendly package. There's slick Google Assistant integration, a clean Android interface with three years of guaranteed updates, and a seriously impressive photography experience considering the Pixel 4a has just one rear camera so you don't need five of them. However, pull out the spec sheet and compare it to similarly priced rivals, and the Google Pixel 4a doesn't seem like such a great deal. With less power, less RAM, fewer cameras, which, okay, a smaller screen, and no 5G connectivity. Although a Pixel 4a 5G variant will arrive later in 2020 alongside the Google Pixel 5. Battery life is mediocre, with the phone just about lasting a day on a single charge. And if you really push it, you'll be reaching for the charger sometime late afternoon. The design will be divisive. On the one hand, it's a cutesy, curvy polycarbonate handset that sits comfortably in the palm, and its lightweight frame makes it easy to use and hold. There's a rear-mounted fingerprint scanner, and there's also almost no screen bezel, and there's even a headphone jack, so no radar chip. On the other hand, it feels a little bit cheap, and it lacks the premium gloss of other handsets in the price bracket. That said, its compact size, clean interface, and great point-and-shoot camera will appeal to those looking for an affordable, reasonably-sized handset with enough grunt for social media, web browsing, and emails, plus the ability to capture some excellent pictures. And this wasn't in the review, but it also only comes in one color, just black, very appropriately named. So, Zach, I'm going to hand you this first question. Are you happy you didn't wait for this? Because there was kind of some back and forth on whether or not you're going for the Pixel 4a or not. I am really glad. I mean, it's it's not so much the, the way the phone is, like, designed and all that. Like, yeah, the one camera sucks, but from the very beginning, it was only going to be, like, my backup phone. Uh, like, an Android to switch on and off to, like, when I got bored or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But hearing, like, all the battery issues and stuff like that again, like, I feel like, and you guys both know this personally, but... Uh, my notifications alone would kill this battery. Ungodly amount. <laughs> Every time I accidentally catch a glimpse of your notifications, I want to just go and clear them all. <laughs> I just kind of throw up a little bit. Like, I don't get very anxious, but that was getting me, that gets me upset. I think I throw up and then clear my <laughs> notifications. <laughs> it, if oh you guys God. think that's bad too, you should see like all the stuff I have running in the background on my phone. Oh, I don't even want to think about I'm it. I'm okay. I clear I like live in peace. Like every night, I clear like at least twenty out. I'm gonna go uh, factory reset all of my <laughs> devices. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess let me just hand this over to Evan. What are your 
What are your kind of initial thoughts on the Pixel 4a? Um, I think it's thoughts. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's a good look for them. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that'll buy it. Um, obviously, we we all know this isn't going to be something that um, is for like the super, like uh, you know, powerful users, the ones that want to do everything, anything, and everything on it. Um, but there's going to be a lot of older people um, or like the young side of the generation that are getting into phones um, that is super affordable for a lot of people um, and a good starter and or phone just for like, you know, the people that are considering like a jitterbug. So that's fair. Um, so this kind of plays into that too, but does it seem like Google cut corners in order to beat the OnePlus Nord and more importantly, the iPhone SE on price? Just for reference, the OnePlus Nord, which is, I don't think, technically available in the U.S. yet. I believe it runs for $399 uh, euro, so, you know, conversion, whatever. But the iPhone SE also launched is at $399 U.S. dollar. So the one or the Pixel 4a comes in at $349, so it's $50 bucks cheaper. So um, wow. let, me, let me hand this back over to Zach. Do you think they cut corners in order to beat those other two phones? No, I think they're just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bold statement. You're you're telling me that for fifty more dollars you couldn't have like put a little bit stronger battery in it or you couldn't have added a second camera or like there's like a lot of what ifs with even like a fifty dollar price point that it could have been better. Like I think I don't know, I think it was just to have that clear divide eventually and I'm hoping, I guess, is more what I'm getting at. I'm hoping there's more of a clear divide between the 4A and the Pixel 5 than there was mm-hmm. with the 3A and the 4 kind of thing. Yeah. Because, like, they made that weird blurred line and then the 3A outsold the 4 because the 4 was trash. So maybe... Trash! I don't want to say putting out a trash on the 4A, but it's pretty rough. And then hopefully, like, it just makes the 5 look like a supermodel. Yeah! Oh, my God. Uh, Zach, you couldn't hear that, but Evan just played the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hype it up. <laughs> yeah, I, my biggest gripe on this, and the one thing that really concerns me about this phone, which you know I would still recommend it to people, and I still feel comfortable recommending it to people, even at that, you know, even with the battery concerns, um, just because the the camera experience is so good uh, allegedly. But my biggest gripe for that $50 difference is the processor in it because I listened to a a couple of reviews and the number one thing they dogged on was the performance. Like, yeah, it doesn't have a 90 hertz screen and it doesn't have the high refresh, blah, blah, blah. But just the performance, it seemed to be kind of stuttering a little bit and not keeping up as well as phones should and didn't feel as smooth as phones should. So I, I do think they cut a little bit of corner to get that $50 price point down. But, you know, maybe they did some research and said, hey, you know, people that use this phone don't use these, you know, high intensive tasks and they don't need the, the latest chip in it. So let's drop it 50 bucks and capture a few more people. Yeah, it's going to be the people that don't really notice those kind of things. Yeah. That are probably going to be buying this phone anyway. So, yeah, it's not a huge deal. Yeah. But um, I, th- I think it's hilarious that on the cheapest Google Pixel branded phone ever, uh, I think that's accurate. On the cheapest Pixel branded phone ever, they have the best screen-to-body ratio, <laughs> which I don't know exactly what the number is. But like, you look at the Pixel Four and the Four XL, like my God, like they're fine, but the screen-to-body ratio is so 2000 and late. Oh my, yeah. God. oh my God! And this one's got like a little little cutout. So I mean, aesthetically, it looks great, and I think it. I think the Pixel Four A 5G is going to be what the XL could have been. It's going to yeah. be a bigger screen. Um, 
but yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. I think for $50, it was probably a smart choice, but it would definitely lure away people that, you know, have performance in mind, in yeah. my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Um, okay. So final verdict. There's not a whole lot to talk about here on the Pixel 4a. Uh, actually, let me ask you guys, have you gotten some in? Like, can we sell them yet? Not yet. Oh, when does it launch? No clue. I th- nice. I'm pretty. <laughs> I think it might have already launched, but I mean, nobody's yeah. interested. I th- I think it did launch, but we just don't have them yet, and or no one asks. the The only th- the only thing I've heard is that it'll launch on the twenty first, maybe, which is I think the same time as the. That's the same note launch then. Yeah. Which <laughs> I've been more focused on that than yeah. let's say the Pixel. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is funny you say that because this story was actually going to be the in case you missed it last week <laughs> because you probably did actually miss it with the Galaxy Impact event going on. So I, I find wow. that pretty funny. But all right, final thoughts because um, this feels like one of those phones that we've talked about for a long time. We had a lot of uh, discussion about you know is it going to be the you know the next big Pixel phone? Is it going to save the Pixel lineup after the four um, because the four was arguably and almost inarguably kind of a flop. So just final verdict. We finally have this phone in front of us. We finally have some reviews up. Did Google flub the goodwill they bought with the Pixel 3a? Or is this a perfect device in the age of COVID? Is this a great response to the Pixel 4? Coronavirus! <laughs> Coronavirus? Yeah. Uh, What'd you guys think? Uh, so, I mean, I don't think there's any way you can have another na- another answer than no. Like, Yes, I mean, like, yeah, they did it. But it's one of those weird things I just started thinking about, too. Like, could you imagine if, like, the 4A and the 3A swap places? Like, if they would have launched the 4A when the 3A happened, like, it probably would have been a great phone. Nobody really would have cared about battery performance, stuff like that. Um, And then, like, if we got the 3A now during the 4A, like, it'd be such a massive upgrade from even, like, the 4 and the all that, like, if it would have been done opposite, we'd be sitting here saying the exact opposite of what we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's at what, like, I don't know. It's complex because, on one hand, I want to, like, you know, praise them for dropping the price 50 bucks. And of course, people are being more stingy with their pockets lately. But at the same time, it's like a phone that you're going to be using for a couple of years and performance is going to start to show on it. So it's, it's a weird, like, I want to give them props, but also, why did you cut it for arguably getting a, a lesser chip that's going to worsen performance over time. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. Um, I think it is a great device in the age of COVID, but at the same time, I think the initial reviews give me pause on, um, on the future of the pixel line. And especially like a lot of people said the pixel three, a was the best budget phone of last year. I don't know if that title is still going to go to it. It's probably going to go to the one plus Nord. I'd say the one plus, yeah, the iPhone or the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not this one question for you both of you though if they say they had it at 399 but say they upgraded the processor mm-hmm. would you pay or do you think a lot of people would pay that extra 50 and or even a hundred dollars to make a you know a four fifty five hundred dollar phone what do you do you think if with all of these phones that are around this 399 price point if they say moved it 50 or a hundred dollars um, up to 450 or 500 and upgraded the processor. Do you think this phone would outsell the one or the OnePlus Nord and the, the iPhone SE? Yes, uh, if it was at 450, I think it would, because you would have the 
I don't know. I think the camera alone would be enough to sell it because that camera is still amazing inside of it, even yeah. though it's a cheaper mm-hmm. phone. So I think like, and a lot of people now are starting to realize that like their cameras are better than their old point and shoots. And if you're not doing photography, you don't really need a DSLR or anything like that. So even the 4A has a great camera in that budget area to be able to do exactly what you wanted to do and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's a. I had something lined up and I just totally forgot what it was. Um, it's it's weird that I, I mean it's it's cool enough that they didn't raise the price from the Pixel Three A, but the fact that they cut it, it's like okay, that's kind of odd. If they would have kept it at the same three ninety nine price point and put a, put a better processor in it, I don't think we'd even be like having this conversation. Oh, for sure. But the fact that you even have to think about it for a three fifty price point, like I, I don't know. I, long-term reviews to be seen and i guess there could be some software updates that approve it but again i uh i don't know i I would still probably recommend it to people that are purely looking for a camera and if i know that their phone use is going to be not substantial sure i'll recommend it to them but anybody else it's like yeah you might move up a tier and get something else yeah but anyways um and then just the last bit of information this came out last week too but google actually discontinued not like stop not like you know temporarily off sale discontinued the pixel four and four XL as you a know why they did that, right? I would assume because of COVID. Oh, I was just you're, thinking that you're going to have that, a dumber answer. Yeah. I was just this thinking the fact that if you wanted the four or four XL at any given time before they make the five, it's still going to be on a shelf somewhere for you to buy it. Got him. Yeah. It ain't selling. <laughs> it ain't selling boy. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to our second feature story tonight. And I usually don't read these little dumb titles I put in, but this one's called You Shall Not Game Pass. Because game. I hate you. But all right. This September, Microsoft plans to launch a major coup in the video game business. The world's first game streaming service with a built-in library, Netflix style. For $15 a month, you'll be able to stream over 100 games to smartphones and tablets but it won't be available on Apple's ubiquitous iPhone and iPad. The reason, an Apple spokesperson said on Thursday, is because Apple isn't able to review each game that's available through Game Pass. Quote, the App Store was created to be a safe and trusted place for customers to discover and download apps. Before they go on our store, all apps are reviewed to protect customers and provide a fair and level playing field to developers. Because Microsoft isn't submitting each game on its streaming service to Apple's review process, that app or the app that enables access to those games is being blocked from publishing. Given that Apple allows services like Netflix and Spotify without reviewing every piece of content, why wouldn't you allow a similar service for gaming? Well, the difference boils down to the medium, according to Apple. Games are interactive, unlike music and film. For Microsoft, Game Pass is a crucial next step in their plan to end direct competition between Xbox and PlayStation for good. But without support for Apple phones and tablets, Microsoft faces a major roadblock. Major roadblock? From Microsoft, quote, It's our ambition to scale cloud gaming through Xbox Game Pass on all devices, but we have nothing further to share at this time regarding iOS. End quote. So, there is a lot to break down here, but first of all, would you guys even be interested in a service like Game Pass? And technically, it's called Game Pass Ultimate. No. Really? I'm... Oh, I was about to say, I'm the same as Evan. I have zero interest. Yeah, I, I am shocked. I don't ever okay. play games on my phone. I 
it's like, why would I even attempt to play something on my phone when I can just go on my computer? I get there's like the, what if okay, you're not, you're home? not home. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. But it's not even close to the same experience. You're homeless. Like, you're on the street. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I can't I'm afford like, it. Tr- yeah. <laughs> I've tried I've tried to play like PUBG and stuff on my tablet or my phone. It's just like, it's not fun. Knowing what the experience is like on a computer, it doesn't make but, having that experience on your phone any any better. But what if you're using an Xbox controller? Because I agree. I hate touchscreen controls for games. Hate it. The only ones I'll do are like little tap-tap games. All right. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to go everything to Samsung then. Uh, you can't use it on my to, tablets. According to this, yeah. But yeah, like what if, what if you were able to use, ignore kind of the Apple ban right now. But what if you were to use your phone for like, it's basically a screen into an Xbox. I don't think it's $15 worth because I'd play, I've had Game Pass on my Xbox. Mm-hmm. And there might be two games that I care about. Well, so this is a little bit different because I didn't include this in the context just because it was a lot. But you can still access games like Grand Theft Auto. You can do Destiny, Halo, like first, like big like AAA. Call of Duty t- and stuff? Yeah, like big, I don't, I don't know specifically, but I'm sure it's coming. Like big AAA game titles. It's not just like your, your dumb indie games. This is like, this is basically designed so you can, at, you can play your Xbox, quote unquote, from anywhere. So the I mean, re- that definitely yeah. makes it more enticing mm-hmm. for sure, um, depending on what games would come out. $15 enough? $15 a month. I mean... It's just $15 a month. So am I going to continue to pay for my Xbox Live? Or should I continue I think to you pay have for to. this? Well, I think if you're... <laughs> I don't know how it breaks down, but I think if you're doing Game Pass Ultimate, I think like if you're going to be playing online games, you should probably keep your Xbox Live subscription. Yeah, but also, we, we all know that this Apple ban ain't going to be lifted. <laughs> it's not like it's going to stop. Apple's going to be Apple, and they're going to say, hell no. Especially since they have Apple Arcade, which you can use. Can't you use an Xbox controller th- on? Here's the funny I'm thing. Sure you can. Apple does sell... I. I'm pretty sure they sell an Xbox controller from the website yeah, for Apple Arcade. <laughs> exactly. So it's like there's no way in hell they're going to have this on their Apple products. It's just not worth it. It's I can yeah. go to someone's house and play an Xbox. I can go to my house, stuff like that. Yeah. I can mooch off Christian because I'm there all the time anyway. That's true. Mm. Uh, okay. I've, I've, I've got a, <laughs> Christ. I've got a couple thoughts, but um, <laughs> but Zach, what you what you got on this? I mean... Like, even after like learning the fact that you can put, like play like Grand Theft Auto and all that, I'm still a very heavy no. Um, just because I'm fa- like thinking of the fact of like if I'm trying to sit down and play one of those games, like I want multiple hours on it, and I can't really think of like any scenario where I'm gonna be a on my phone that long, and yeah. is my phone gonna survive that long? <laughs> That's uh, true. <laughs> Not so. if you have the Pixel Four A. Got him. Gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those things, like, I was, like, when Evan was talking, I was, like, trying to think of, like, good times, like, on a road trip would be cool, but chances are, like, yeah, if, but, like, a lot of times, like, when I think of that, I was, like, yeah, it'd be great if I was a kid, but now if I go on a road trip with anybody, like, I'm going to have to take a turn driving. If I'm not driving, I'll be sleeping kind of thing. <laughs> And then, like, straight You're so old. <laughs> what a well, dad. <laughs> I mean, I'm just the only road trip I ever went on was to California, and then it was literally me and one other buddy. So it was literally you were driving or you were sleeping, and we didn't stop. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm basing that off of. And then, like, I was thinking maybe an airport layover, but then again, like, it that's where the battery life comes to play. Like, I don't want to 
dead phone about to like get on a plane or anything like that and depending on the layover that still might not be worth it like it's a very niche area that i would want it and that's why i'm still pretty hard to know i think so for me personally i could find myself spending 15 dollars a month for this because i already play i already pay for you know xbox live like i just i do but you know if i could play rocket league on the go from anywhere i might do it like if I'm on my lunch break, sure, I might, you know, whip it out and just bring out a controller real quick and play some Rocket League. Like, that'd be cool. I would be super down for that. Not, not that I do it a lot, not that I play consoles on the go a lot. But I was but. about to say, I feel like this would be something where it's like $15 for you might questionably hop on for <laughs> 20, 30 minutes max. That is and a fair then criticism. then you will forget that it's there. Yeah. And then you won't want to bring your Xbox controller with you everywhere you go. And then you have that kid bring an Xbox controller in your backpack. And then (laughs) kids start to make fun of you. And then they realize you have a non-iPhone. And then you lose (laughs) all of your friends. And now you don't have anyone to play Rocket League with. God, there are so many deep (laughs) deep references to the podcast on that one. That was was a hot take for our loyal (laughs) listeners. Tell you what. They know know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I mean, could you imagine? let's Let's say you were in middle school again. And it's like... It's like your parents paid for this game pass for you, so you'll shut up in the car. Like they pay for the game pass for you, and you can play, you can play Call of Duty while you're on the bus well, going yeah, to school. That would be worth that's it. cool as shit. But for anyone else, everyone else that is not under the age of thirteen, <laughs> this isn't that cool. I think we're I mean, really we we might have, have needed Nick on for this segment because I think we're really underestimating the amount of people that play mobile games. Because think about it, like. It doesn't sound like we're really mobile gamers. Like, it's not something we spend a lot of time on. But I do play, like, I don't want to say a decent amount, but, like, we had the episode in the very back when I had Apple Arcade. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I spent, like, half my life doing that during that time. And then I still have, like, odds and end games I play. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like a mobile game should be simplistic. Like, I don't want to have to break out an Xbox controller to play a game on my phone or something like that. how can you comfortably play any game with all the goddamn notifications you have? <laughs> Use D and D, bro. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> my God! Let that stuff come in silently. You don't even know it's there. That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. It's like that fart that you try to squeeze out <laughs> silently, but it still comes out. Exactly. Oh it might be silent, but like you can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to the Fart Buzz Podcast. I'm, I'm Christian Crawford. <laughs> oh, my right, God. Was, We're going to have to change our logo this, again. This is derailed <laughs> <laughs> so fast. All right, to bring it slightly back on the topic, I will say I think we're underestimating how many gamers are out there and how many people. Because, like, you got gaming phones. Not that the Razer necessarily made waves. And now that I think of it, like, we're pretty much due for a Razer 3 phone, and it's not not here. No, it probably won't happen. Rip. But anyways, I mean, like, gaming phones are becoming a pretty big segment. Like, it's not huge, but, you know, you got companies like Asus and... Black Shark, I, th- I don't know who, I think they're owned by Xiaomi. Uh, but you got those sorts of companies that are making gaming phones that are specifically for people that spend a lot of time gaming on their phone. So I think for that segment, it'll be great. And then looking into the future, like sure, maybe playing on your phone right now isn't fantastic, but imagine your future where you have your phone in front of you and you can just like turn on a game and it like projects a screen up onto a bigger surface. And then you can play your Xbox from anywhere that's not just on your stupid little phone screen. 
Yeah, I think I think I think for, that's the future they're investing. Yeah, in. no, absolutely. I can definitely see it being something for a lot of people that is really good, and a lot a lot of people are going to want this. Um, but as of right now, just for us, it's not for us. But I can see it being a really good thing for a lot of people. I don't know. I still might pay for it. I don't know. <laughs> I think fifteen bucks a, a month is a lot. I think you're still in a niche market right now, but like if it expands to what you're saying that could be, and it's definitely a possibility. Um, I think then it opens up, but I, I think you're pretty niche into like, because if you like go with people our age, like mobile gaming, I don't think is huge. Like there are people out there, like you said, like I, I guess Nick Samorian is a big phone person, phone game person. I didn't know that myself, but um, I'm not sure if he's big into phone games, but I know he's big into games in general. So yeah. it might, might be up his avenue. So, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like when you get our age, it's kind of, like, niche and stuff like that. But then you do have, like, the mass ability for the, um, like, the younger generation. Uh, but then I'd also say that reflects back to an old podcast when families are trying to get into iPhone stuff like that because of <laughs> Find My and iMessage and FaceTimes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's weird. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. And I think, uh, like I said, I think... If you ask Google, they spent probably close to a billion, if not more, dollars on Stadia, which is pretty much the same thing. The idea there is that, like, let's say you're watching your favorite streamer on YouTube and they're playing Destiny 3 or whatever comes out of the time. You can click on a button that says Play Now, and you can just start playing the game, like the full game, as if you were on a console from your computer. And all the, all the background processing is happening on Google's end. So, I mean, clearly companies think that this is going to be a huge, huge deal. PlayStation's kind of lacking right now. So, yeah, I th- you guys are absolutely right. Right now, it probably doesn't make sense for a lot of people. But for some people, it's going to be a nice proof of concept. And in the future, we're going to see more cloud games um, as, we, uh, as we go further on. So, that's my two cents. But uh, related to that... Let's see. So, okay, this is an interesting one. Um, And in a very related story, this news broke quite literally a few hours ago. So this is also from The Verge. Quote, Apple has removed Epic Games Battle Royale Fortnite from the App Store after the developer on Thursday implemented its own in-app payment system that bypassed Apple's standard 30% fee. The decision marks a significant escalation in the feud between Epic and one of the world's most dominant mobile software marketplaces. It also comes in an especially fraught time for Apple as the iPhone maker navigates antitrust concerns over its operation of the App Store and the rules it imposes on certain developers. Epic's approach seems designed to provoke Apple into a response, as the Fortnite studio explicitly laid out in its new iOS update how using Epic's in-app payment system would result in cheaper prices. I put a screenshot here for you guys because I actually had this news story this morning when I was taking my morning dump after my coffee. Um, So so I was, uh, I was, I was going through the news stories and it popped up and it's like Fortnite just updated their app on iOS. And what it is, there's two options whenever you try to buy V bucks and you can get a thousand V bucks. And it says, um, your first option says Apple app store. And it says $9.99 regular price. And then it says you can also use Epic's direct payment system for $7.99. If you click on that, it takes you to an external site where you put your card information in through Epic's own systems, which is a huge no-no. Like, you can't do that. That's one of the specific things Apple does not let you do. So the fact that they put that on there is just a massive middle finger to Apple saying, yeah, "Yeah, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? 
and then they banned them. And so like I, I was working today. I got that notification on my watch. I was like, oh my God, Fortnite just got banned from the app store. That's, I mean, that's a huge, yeah, a huge group of people. Yeah. Playing this game that they, they fucked themselves. Yeah. They just said, yeet. They tried to fuck Apple <laughs> and then Apple said, nah, gotcha, bitch. Fuck you. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> but the debate is larger than just the 30% cut. Apple is facing heightened criticism these days over how it not only manages the app store and its mandatory fees, but also for how it applies its guidelines in ways some developers and critics feel is unfair. For instance, Apple cut a special deal with excuse me, with Amazon in 2016 to lower that 30% fee down to 15% in order to get Amazon Prime Video on the store. So they do bend, but only to Amazon. So what do we think? Is Apple cramping Fortnite style or is Epic making a big deal out of nothing? That's kind of a loaded question. I, I'll start. Um, yeah, go for it. I'll say Apple is cramping Fortnite style. I was not even aware that Apple took a 30% cut on everything that was, like, in-app purchases. I had no idea because I've never bought anything for a game ever. <laughs> um, so, I yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised and blown away by that. Um, so I, I get Epic, like, why should you have to pay somebody else for, like, all your coding, all your work just because it's on their platform, like... Mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of backwards. I mean, it's like an interest fee, though. Yeah, and, and so that was part of the... I didn't want to put, like, a ton of text. I know I read out quite a bit, but um, there was, like, Apple's response, and they basically said... Um, <laughs> They're like, everybody has to follow these guidelines, <clears throat> except Amazon. Everybody has to follow these guidelines because we de- provide them distribution tools, we provide them support, and, like, all these other things that they, you know, are, are necessary to make an app successful. So Apple's basically saying hey, you use our platform to get your thing out there. You would have no money without us, so pay up, butch. Which is pay not up. true in, like, at least Fortnite's case. Is like they were on consoles way before they went mobile. Like, they made enough mm-hmm. money off of that. And then, like, I, I guess I don't know the full numbers, but I don't think the iPhone market really threw that much more money towards them. I mean, now... Things you got to think about, though, it's mobile gaming is huge. There's a lot of people that are like, there's now an esports for mobile gaming. What? Like, yeah, I know, huh. crazy, right? Little things like that is like, it, it's it's losing a, a huge amount of revenue for for Epic, and I think Epic, they're making a huge deal out of it. It's like, well, you signed up for this agreement. Apple, you could have said, no, we're not going to go on your, your platform, and that's, that would have been that. And then it's not Apple just is doing what they're supposed to do and what they've been doing with all of these other apps, minus Amazon, um, <laughs> where they're like, no, these, this is what's going to happen, and if you break this rule, fuck you. Yeah. And here they are, and they're breaking this rule, and they've said, fuck you. I mean, it's, it's simple as that. It's like, it's like you signing up for a car. You sign up for paying that amount every single month, and if you don't, guess what? That car is theirs. They're taking that car from you. Yeah. Little things like that. It's like this is what you're signing up for. But it's I'm, not. But I'm Fortnite. I'm saying you can't have my money now. Well, here, here's another interesting thing. I just I don't mean to cut you off okay. there, but it, I don't want to lose this thought. Is Fortnite actually launched 
uh, or excuse me, Epic launched Fortnite not on the Play Store originally right. yeah, for Android. Third party app. So like, I don't know what the numbers are behind the scenes there, but I, I'm sure they got a lot of people to sign up without having any of the distribution or any of the the tools that the App Store provides. They did it on Android, so clearly they have some basis to go off and be and be like, hey, we actually don't need the App Store. It's just your lockdown ecosystem that makes us do it. Well, yeah, but then why put it on the App Store if it's working just fine without the App Store? Just use, just don't use the app store. It's like again, yeah. you're it, even if regardless of how it's working out and where it's working best, they're still making a shit ton of money from PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, every other game console, everything else other than Apple iOS. Yeah, don't put it there. It's that simple. I, it's like you're you're signing the dotted line. If if it's a problem and it's gonna be a problem, don't do it. I think. I really gained a lot of respect for Fortnite today. Like, okay, I, I don't play it much, whatever. But I respect them for the fact that they <laughs> they didn't, like, just pull it and say, hey, we're pulling this app because we don't agree with their policies. No, they said, hey, we're going to put an update out there that's a big middle finger to Apple and their, like, App Store 30% cut. And they're like, yeah, they're going to ban us probably. Like, it was a very calculated move, and it and it proved a statement. And I think that's really what they're getting out of this is I think they're trying to trying to make a statement. And on top of the news we just talked about with Microsoft, I think they're trying to say, you know, these 30% cuts, this goes for Google's uh, play store too. These 30% cuts, these massive cuts from our revenue is just an outdated model. And like we have, we have distribution ways and we have ways we can go about it without having to get, you know, 30% of our revenue cut off the top. Like, I think this is all a play to try to get that amount reduced to maybe 20%. That's fair. Yeah. I I mean, one of those things, too, is, like, we all seen firsthand when one of the Fortnite seasons just, like, ended in a black hole. And then all Twitter and everything was were just little tiny kids freaking out, breaking stuff, crying, like, like a bunch of, like, dumb things. And they're still, like the loophole how to get around at least apple systems of like you just download it off the website make it a trusted app like there's ways to get around it if fortnite really wanted to and i i think at the end of the day it's probably just a big ploy to pull the same thing amazon did and get that down to like 15 percent or something but Mm -hmm. i think apple has more to fear than they realize right now the fact that like like i have a Game Boy emulator that I haven't played in three or four years, but I downloaded it. It's trusted and it uses Google Drive, like for all the ROMs. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things like they could easily do that. Mm-hmm. I think the that's a great point too, and I, I think it's going to start maybe a domino effect because you have Microsoft very explicitly, very publicly saying hey, we don't agree with these. And it's it's not even to do with the 30% cut necessarily. It has to do with the guidelines and the policies. They're basically saying, hey, we disagree with Apple's policy on the Play Store or the on the App Store. And then you have Fortnite, the largest mobile game out there, saying, hey, we also disagree with some of these policies. It's going to start a domino effect where these smaller companies that, you know, they during the congressional hearing, they, they mentioned that they interviewed and talked to a lot of these sorts of companies. It's going to give them renewed 
um, reasons to come out against Apple. And eventually, if you have a big enough tide of people saying, hey, we're just not going to publish on the App Store, what that suddenly does is it pisses off the user base. And once you get enough people in the user base, especially kids, they're going to let you know, like on Twitter and on social media. Like yeah. there's going to be such a huge backlash on this if Apple does not bow and if it if there starts to become a domino effect, if they don't respond in some way. That's fair. Like Apple's got, sure, they've got, you know, trillions of dollars. Um, but at the end of the day, they have to listen to their users and like, if there's enough of them that say, Hey, like we're going to switch to maybe an Android phone because Fortnite, we care about it that much. We care about game pass that much. We care about all these other games and all these other apps so much that we're just going to switch away from the app store. Um, you know, that's going to actually affect their bottom line. It's going to actually affect their user base. So yeah, I think sure. it's just part of a bigger ploy. Same. But that's my two cents. Um, and that kind of answers the second question. So do you guys have any other thoughts on this? Like this whole, you know, this is a, these are two big stories. Like for the app store, that's been unchanged since the inception of the app store, like, like 10 years ago, it's pretty much been unchanged. There's not been any big differences made on the, on the, um, on the 30% that they take from it. So um, do you guys have any other thoughts on that? The I don't. So the only other thought I really have is for Apple to like, kind of like leave the way it is right now where like, like let's say they let Fortnite stay on their platform and you keep that screenshot of Apple app store or Epic direct payment. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of interesting to see if like, and I don't know if this is realistic or if this is actually how it is or not, but like if the Apple app store will just let you use Apple pay. And then if you did the Epic direct payment, it like took you to an outside link and you had to put all your credit card information in and you had to do that every single time. Like, I think it'd be interesting to see how many people would actually pay that $2 just to do a quick double tap of your lock button, Apple pay, see your face ID or that's true. Your- Cause you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of people that are like, Oh, well, Apple's more secure. But what if what if like, Safari saves your face ID information for the card? <laughs> and it's well, like, well. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they had like a way to break that down, where like every single time you had to knock yourself back out into Epic's uh, thing, then had you fully sign in every single time, then had you fully put your card information in. Like, if you had to go through that many steps, would you just give in and use the Apple one at that point and kind of make, oh yeah, Epic tried to do something fun, but. Nobody wants to spend a minute and a half, two minutes to buy a thousand V bucks over two seconds. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be and, and yeah, that, kind of interesting. Yeah, and I think that maybe applies a little bit more to the Play Store because the Play Store does not have that same like, hey, you. If I understand it correctly, they don't have the same strictness on you can't have outside payment methods. So. I think that's a better case study for the Play Store because Apple is just straight up going to be like, hey, you cannot do that. Like, your app cannot be here if you do that. So yeah. um, I guess that could be tested on the Play Store because they also have the same problem with Google, like we mentioned. But I don't know because there is a lot of, con- like, people will pay for convenience, but, you know, two bucks, I I don't know. Two bucks when you're paying $10 total. I don't know if that's going to be a... Like, it, it's that's weird. I'm, like, also torn where, like, up at the top when we talked about like game pass and all that i'm on apple's side and the fact of like you're sticking to the fact you want a secure platform like i don't care if like i i I don't care if i don't get all these cool games and all that because i mean there's hackers on every single game so if you keep those games out then you can't hack but then there's like the side of like you're not willing to take a 30 
percent, like to take a cut from thirty percent to fifteen or twenty percent for like your largest grossing app, almost like mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense so much. But I, I do pride them on sticking the fact of like, hey, we're about security. Like Microsoft, you're not going to be a big bully to us because you want to put it here and like yeah, allow and mm-hmm. make us bend and break our security stuff. And one of the reasons I like this approach so much, uh, kind of with what you're saying, one of the reasons I like this approach, though, is because it directly affects consumers. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but Spotify had a big stink about that, too. I think I think it's about a year ago, maybe like eight or nine months ago. They also had a big stink and they made this fun like infographic like, oh, Apple takes 30 percent of our revenue from the pl-. like who gives a shit like you make all this money from us like who gives a shit. But I think what it did is affecting the user base and the actual people that use the app it, i think it create could create a domino effect and ultimately if more companies join in like i was saying earlier i think you'll start to see apple has to respond in some way and i think ultimately we're getting to a place where like they can't just ignore it anymore um once you have enough people that are pissed off and saying things they're gonna have to respond that's fair. yeah, yeah. thanks everyone for tuning into the phone buzz podcast shows brought to you by three guys that sell phones all day Sort of. Follow us across <laughs> social media at PhoneBuzz, and that's P-H-1-B-U-Z-Z. And give us a follow and review on Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast. We'll see you guys in the next one. My name is Evan Krause. I'm Zach Whitney. I'm Christian Crawford. Have a good night. Bye. Peace.